millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to my good, bad brain. I'm a normal person. So I'm insane I've got depression and ADHD But I'm doing better since I medicated me I'm still not always sure whether I exist Or what being a person even really is But I figured out a long time ago That being alive is beautiful Hi, everyone. Uh, so if you are playing catch up or maybe you didn't play catch up, but you just wanted to get in where we were, this you're you, you're all caught up now. This is uh, the episode that came out just this week. I'm very proud of myself. Wow. We're putting all five hours catching up while we're doing it. We're doing our homework. Uh, this episode was interesting. We had a fun talk that um, was all about hormones, hormones, you know. Those weird chemicals in your body that make you feel certain ways and act certain ways and blah, 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 blah. And uh, they change over your life from when you're a teen, when you're an old person, all kinds of stuff. When you're, you know, they affect you. They affect you so intensely. And I wanted to just basically, we asked, well, we got a question about it, about how hormones uh, can affect mental health and things like that. And then, I don't know, we just kind of jumped off there and talked about it for a while. I'm always interested in it. You know, I'm always, I I, I mean... I'm not going to repeat myself because we talk about it so much in here, but it's really fun. We talk about things, uh, you know, basically how they affect uh, cis people, how they might affect trans people. Uh, it's really, it's cool. It's a cool uh, conversation. And also, Allie makes a surprise appearance. She was walking through and overheard. And uh, Allie has some experience taking uh, estrogen and, and different like testosterone replacement stuff. So we talk about it. When she comes in, she talks about it. It's great. Uh, I don't really think I need to talk too much because i think all my thoughts that i would offer here about it are things you're going to hear in the actual conversation um so without further ado thanks for being here uh we're, we're gonna let this thing roll if you want to support the podcast you can do it at mygoodbadbrain.com by buying some shirts and stuff like that or if you want to go to patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain you can do that you could also come do quarantine calisthenics with me every day at noon we go live on uh, instagram at my account my instagram account jarrett underscore sleeper or uh also you can follow every day at noon where i post move previews and um yeah that's it let's ju- i'm just gonna shut up and let it go this is a this is a lively a lively talk. I felt very interesting. Uh, okay, I'm shutting up. Theme song. Bye. Doctor, if you're there, though, still, right? I'm here. Yeah, mysterious, mysterious. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I got a little stir crazy this week, but uh, it to <clears throat> Mount Charleston with Gina, so that was nice. What's that? That's just like a. It's it's like a it's, just, it's a mountain about I don't know an hour away from where we live in Las Vegas, and it's like twenty degrees cooler up there. There's trees, like hiking trails. It looks like the um, uh, Angeles National Forest. I mean, it's basically an extension of those same woods that run up all the west, you know, the western oh, okay. spine of the country. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I feel that stir craziness for sure, dude. 
Although I will say I left the house one day to pick something up, to pick up some lunch. And uh, just we were having a nice little celebratory thing. And I, I got in traffic for the first time since court. And I was free, I was losing my mind. Not literally, but you know what I mean? I was just like, oh, fuck, fuck this. Fuck all of this. Yeah, totally. I don't miss that. I know. I don't want it to go back to normal. Um, obviously, I don't want people to get sick and stuff like that. But it, it's been it's it's kind of nice. But everyone just it's weird what's happening to people's uh, anxiety. Like I'm getting emails from students. I teach a class that starts in like three weeks. I'm getting emails about like, the syllabus. I'm like, guys, let me tell you when you're going to get the syllabus. Probably day one. <laughs> Everybody just. Relax. <laughs> you think it's just it's more anxiety than usual? You're saying like they, from students and stuff. I think it's a mixed bag. I think for some it's more than usual. Or you know, I, I don't know. I think it's also probably just on a different trajectory than normal. You know, like yeah. there's a kind of total dissolution for a while, and then a shot of panic. That's kind of my guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. Well, I feel a little out of sorts. I mean, we've been. This office is uh crazy right now because we finally decided to like tackle a closet. This closet behind me yesterday, which was like a little bit on a whim, but like you know we built this shelf. I, the whole other corner over there is like a can't really see it, but it's like a vocal booth in there now. Oh, nice, ironic because but you know just because Ali you know for the podcast and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, and that's been good. And I was realizing like it's funny because you you feel like you're not getting a lot done. Uh, because maybe we only focus on the things that we're not getting done, maybe, but we really are like yeah. all these stupid little house projects and things. And usually they're on a whim. Ellie and I both have, I mean, I definitely have ADHD. She's like questioning if she's got little bits of it or something like that. And, uh, I don't know. It was like one of the things that came up about ADHD stuff is that, um, I guess people with ADHD are like, have very bad they think things will go a lot quicker than they do. Like they're like, they think a thing will only take like 20 minutes or an hour, you know, We're like, Oh, let's just take an hour. We'll do this thing really quick. <laughs> and then it's like the whole day, the whole damn day of like, obviously, obviously we're like building a shelf. We're like sawing off part of another shelf. We're like putting up the, you know, you think it's going to take like an hour or two of like focus anyway. And then like other things yeah. go by the wayside. So like, that's why, you know, I haven't, I haven't like published this podcast in like four weeks. I can find the time to come do this live. Right. And then, I mean, other little technical annoying things like a drive died and I was doing all this, whatever, but you know, it's just like this weird, I don't know, prioritization or something where it's just like the days all seem like they kind of like bleed together into these blurs, you know? Yeah, I, I totally get it. Where like, you just don't know. I just don't, I don't know. Management of things seems so strange. Um, well, something came up yesterday, um, in, uh, from the quarantine actually. And I just thought I'd ask you about, cause it's also in- interests me and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, a male in my mid thirties. I feel my injuries more than I used to, uh, yeah. things start to slow down is hormones and their effect on, well, I'm interested in their effect on mental health, especially because I mean, you know, I don't know. Doing doing some tests uh, sounds cool as well because you're like, wait, it'll make me more jacked and athletic again. That sounds that's easy more easily. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, the the thing that I read that I was like, actually, though, if this is true, that sounds great. I I read some people who said like basically like they just felt like themselves again, like it in terms of it helped with their depression a lot. And uh, and I you know there was some stuff about. You know that when they were younger versions of themselves, these are these are you know cis men. I I, I assume from the from the mm-hmm. posts that I read um, that like they felt this sort of like I guess the, the word was like they're more competitive in a, like a fun way, more focused, more like mm-hmm. less ruminating, just you know like a younger version of themselves. And I was like, damn, that sounds good. Not because there's, you know, parts of my past that were terrible that were like, I feel like I was miserable for sure and, and more frenetic and whatever. And so I'm glad that stuff's calmed down. I wouldn't want that back. But there were also aspects of me that just had a little bit more of like, a, you know, more of a I didn't I didn't question myself. I didn't I didn't question if I belonged in a 
room in like an audition room or something. I was just like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I I belong here. I'm good at this thing that I'm trying to do. And those sorts of things that are very like associated with like young maleness that I was like, damn, would testosterone give me that back? Would I have less of this like sort of this anxiety version of depression? And I don't know. And then I was very interesting. So I was just wondering if you knew anything about that about the effects obviously not on you know athleticism and physicality and things like that uh or like you know possibly accelerating your hair loss or any of that but like do you know you know mental health related personality related the effects of uh, hormones and it's a good right so this is something certainly thought about and i think like all of not all but i think a, a healthy chunk of people who value their kind of athletic prowess and feel it, you know, on the tremulous climb as they get older, think about this shit. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, so for people who have uh, like dysthymia, what we used to call dysthymia, which is like kind of a persistent low level um, kind of depressive symptom profile. So maybe they don't meet criteria for a major depressive disorder, but they kind of have like more of a, what I call like a low grade depression. Um, there's been evidence that, that uh, testosterone replacement therapy uh, improves that condition. Um, there is some evidence that TRT um, improve depression in hypogonadal men. So there's people who don't have like uh, whose whose gonads are not producing a, a quote unquote normal amount of testosterone. It's, you know, and then I've read a lot of the other research related to how testosterone impacts some other um, risk indicators like cancer risk and you know, endocrine disruption problems and heart risk. Put it this way: like in terms of the physiological stuff, I was looking for a reason to. F- like be validated that this could be something to do. And I still feel really uncomfortable with it. Okay. Um, when it comes to, yeah, like um, depression, for example, which seems to be the most well-studied kind of mental health um, um, condition to be treated with testosterone. It seems there's conclusions seem to be that TRT can be an effective treatment for some depressive symptoms in men and it should be researched more. So I think, you know, like most things, um, you know, it's a, it's a hot, there are a lot of risks associated with TRT also. So I think if you're going to do it, uh, you really have to consult with a physician who's not just a booster and uh, like, who's not just making their money off running a TRT clinic. So I, I think you really got to talk to your doctor and you got to get a lot of blood draws and very closely monitor, um, uh, Know, the effects you know the other thing is for for men who are physically not healthy like who have other risk factors for heart problems and stuff um you really really got to be careful so you know, there, there's kind of mixed bag of research but yeah there there is some evidence that um crt can uh impact depressive symptoms in a favorable way the dysthymia thing is interesting because i've heard i've had a I think I've even had a psychiatrist like say that's what I would say you have dysthymia at this point, you know. Um, so I don't know even so alleviating that. Can you talk about dysthymia a little more? I'm going to ask you more about testosterone in a second. But what is dysthymia? Uh, well, this, okay, so dysthymia is not in the DSM anymore, um, which is t- for, not too bad for me because I liked it as the diagnosis. But it's not in the DSM anymore. I just double check that that's right, but I'm pretty sure that's right. The, the dysthymia is not in the DSM or is? is? Is not. Do you know why they took it out or anything like that? Yeah, it's been called now, – now it's it's been changed to, uh, let's see, persistent depressive disorder. Persistent. So it used to be called dysthymia. Now it's persistent depressive disorder. So I'll, I'll read you the uh, diagnostic criteria. So core criteria is depressed mood for most of the day for more days than not indicated by subjective account or observation by others for at least two years. Okay. But rather than like a weeks or months period of time that you would examine for um, major depressive episodes, this is a, a two year time threshold. Um, 
And then some of the other, like the B symptom criteria are same as the major depressive disorder symptom criteria. So it's going to be like appetite indicator, poor appetite or overeating, insomnia or hypersomnia, low energy or fatigue, low self-esteem, poor concentration, feelings of hopelessness. Um, and, you know, low self-esteem, there can be more I'm going to look this up too. I want to, I want to, I need a visual. Uh, Dysthymia DSM, right? That's what you, that's how it types. Right? Now it's persistent depressive disorder. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Actually, can I persistent depressive disorder DSM five? Yeah. Okay. Let's see if it says here. Diagnostic code is three hundred point four. Also, that. Got it. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Depressed mood for most of the day. Uh, for sorry, for more days than not, as indicated by their subjective account or observation by others, for at least two years. Well, here's here's the problem with just any point in time giving a subjective account of your feeling for the last two years is, guessed it, they're going to depend on how you're feeling in that moment. If you're really down and you were trying to rate yourself here, exactly. you're going to be like, yeah, I totally was depressed for the last two years. I mean, exactly. nobody has good memory of their the moment-to-moment flow of their emotions over two years. Like, I just wouldn't trust it. So totally- if you really want to do this, I would – fill out the Beck's depression inventory, which you can get on free for free online. I'd fill that out you know, once a week for a couple of months, a couple what's, weeks. What's that called? The Vex or Bex? Vex? Vex with a B. The BDI Bex depression inventory two. And that's just like a free, I mean, it's not technically free. Sorry, Dr. Beck, but uh, you can find it online very easily. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm pulling it up because I want to, like, check it out while we're going. I mean, again, like, you know, with all things, I always recommend starting the highest level of evidence and working your way down. So, you know, there are, like, a lot of much more well-studied depression treatments. So I wouldn't start with testosterone because it introduces all these other variables. But, you know, if you have a very knowledgeable physician, um, you're willing to spend some time reading the literature, I think, you know, it's maybe worth considering. I might take some to actually that's this is super interesting and I might just do a little standalone episode where I read this off because this is so fascinating. The Beck depression inventory. Yeah. I think I remember I think, taking this. I will just say with something like dysthymia or persistent depressive disorder, because these criteria they're basically the milder criteria of like a major depressive episode. For example, there's no suicidal um Right. behaviors question if there is a major depressive episode like one in a die for oh, appetite sleep fatigue self-esteem concentration and hopelessness i mean that's any of us on a bad day you know yeah so, exactly i was i'm like looking at this list presence while depressed of two or more of the following poor appetite or overeating insomnia or hypersomnia low energy or fatigue low self-esteem, poor concentration or difficulty making decisions, feelings of hopelessness. Yes. <laughs> so but, so here's the thing, you know, those are the um, low, low bar criteria to meet. And so the critical thing here is that the time period, it has to be most of the day, most days for two years. Also, if that's the case, the first thing I would suggest is absolutely not getting on testosterone. Yes, yeah. not not getting on it. I mean, it, it's like tenth on the list. I mean, I would like I would be looking at all these other things first. Okay, how is your sleep hygiene? How is your exercise? How is your diet? You know, what other behaviors are you doing? What's your social life like? What are you doing to feel pleasure and mastery? Like all these other interventions with you know zero or almost no side effects would be what I would recommend to start with. Yeah, and then I would. Do- a physiological workup and see where is your level of testosterone. And, you know, if, if the level is low, there are a bunch of things you can do to boost endogenous t- testosterone, like exercise hard, you know, sprint, squat. Right. Work those big muscle groups. Do you say stop smoking weed? Yeah. Weed lowers testosterone? Yeah, for sure. Fuck. You go to a fertility clinic. So my sister is an OBG oncologist. And if you go to a fertility clinic, the first thing they have you do is stop smoking weed. Oh, that's that sucks. I mean, I use it as a method of male birth control. But, I think that's very smart. I'm, I'm just fucking around. But, I, I think that's a very smart doctor. 
yeah. But they will have you do that. So there are all these other things. You know, it's not a, another way to say this is it's not a quick fix, and people just really should not look at it that way. Uh, if you're not on the right, like if you have low testosterone as you get older, and they titrate you back up to like a a younger level, there's some evidence that doesn't fuck with your endogenous uh, endocrine system. But you know, if you well, yes. That's the other thing that prevented me personally. I do have a follow-up question that's a totally different situation. Well, not totally different, but similarly, you know, different situation. Well, your body like, will stop making testosterone. You know, your body will stop endogenously exactly. producing testosterone. Then if you, for some reason, have to come off the TRT, you have no fucking endogenous testosterone. Right. So that, that's the big thing that's like always, for me, been like, oh, I don't want it. Because then your body just needs this injection. It's like... You want to add one thing to your life that you physiologically really will need, you know? Um, I've okay. This is the question I have, and then I'll get back. To, whatever, we're bouncing all around. But um, uh, someone asked. This is where the question came from the other day too. Is this when we were talking about the quarantine? But uh, what's different about all this stuff if you are if it's for someone transitioning? You know, like for hormone replacement therapy, like does it affect mental health for trans people? And this person said. Uh, that their therapist hinted that HRT may or may not directly impact depression and their personal experience is that the socially transitioning affected uh, them more than the medical transition. You know, like just... Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. look. The, how, okay, what is the, the uh, period of time through which all of the extremely complex socially and medically determined... Uh, constituents of a transition of gender transition have been studied does that total period of time and the total sample of people have been studied i don't know but my guess is it's not more than 10 years and not more than a couple of hundred maybe a thousand people have been rigorously studied so yeah anyone who tells you they have a sure answer to those questions does not understand science so there's no way that people have a thorough understanding of that process it is so complex and has so many moving parts. It's very difficult to pull apart the kind of cultural and social elements from the medical elements. Yeah, so, Hormone replacement is a part of that. It seems like the benefits that people derive in terms of their mood and feeling like they're real selves finally, you know, those are really important benefits. I just think you have to have a sophisticated understanding of the literature as much as possible, like as a lay person, and you really need to read that literature. Like I've not read the kind of, um, I'm not immersed in the medical literature of transitioning, gender transitioning. Um, but if, you know, I would encourage people to make Google Scholar their friend if they're going through that process, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, some other people had some more questions about uh, the weed THC thing. Is it just is it THC in general? Do you know, or is it just like weed when it's from the plant, or uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, does, does CBD affect testosterone? Uh, here, let's see. Um, so this is uh, different effects of marijuana in the male. THC appears to depress prolactin, thyroid gland function, and growth hormone while elevating adrenal cortical steroids. Chronic exposure, well, lab... Uh, yeah, reduced testosterone is an important... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's reduced testosterone and re reduced sperm uh, production from THC, but there, it's completely reversible with time, and mm. there's probably some reason to believe that tolerance develops... With acute exposure to THD. So if you're a yeah, habitual, yeah. Uh, there might be some uh, tolerance. Yeah, and I think, you know, trying to get pregnant, I want to cut back on the weed. Yeah, that's interesting. I Because I, it, it, I guess well, like... I've been smoking weed for a long time, and, you know... Okay, here I definitely feel like my physical performance just in the last couple of years from like 34 started to decline. Like that's not yeah. the case for my friends, you know. But like I don't squat as much as I did when I was 33. Right. And not working quite as hard either, you know. Yeah, but, I definitely I I don't go as hard is one thing. I feel like a main difference is uh recover like it's so obvious and this is what every all the literature says, but it seems so obvious um Injury recovery seems tougher. I got more like tweaks that just linger and stick around, you know? 
Yeah. That seems yeah, to be the biggest sure. one for me. Um, I don't know. It just, I guess it just sounds, the other thing about it that like, there's no magic pill. Like even if you're like on the coolest steroids you could get, <laughs> like you still have to work so hard. You have to like lift so hard. You got to like, you know, you got to eat right. It's, there's no like thing you take that fixes all of it, which I still is my understanding, which I feel like is applicable to the mental health stuff too. Is like for sure antidepressants or Adderall or maybe, maybe testosterone, like these things would, will maybe help push you in the direction, but it's still gonna, it's still gonna have like, more uh it's still gonna have require practices to change from you and like behavior to change you know yeah, i'm just looking at another study of serum testosterone it, it looks like it's most affected by like very recent use so it's like it's, it's oh. inversely associated with time since last use so there it seems as if the um associations are relatively short term although again you know i don't know that there have been any 20 year studies on like daily marijuana use and serum testosterone. Like I'm yeah. not aware of study, you know? Um, okay. Okay. Before I move on, oh, no, I'll stay on testosterone for a second. Um, so one person, is it safe to assume that this would affect men more than women? Um, I will say that like, I don't think, I mean, I, I know that, uh, they do t- like hormone replacement therapy in women as they age as well. Sometimes you'll, you'll get, They'll get testosterone and stuff like that. And seems- yeah, they more typically get the get like female hormones, um, like you know, to treat uh, really bad menopause. And the science has just gone back and forth on the health benefits of that. Like it used to be, people would recommend it for you know reducing the risk of certain types of ovarian cancer, and then they went back and said no, that we shouldn't be doing it. So, you know, um, that's so Ali. I, that's so funny because you came on the mirror and I didn't realize. Allie just I was you know I I, tr- I do my best to be like fairly anonymous or neutral when I'm bringing things up with people but Allie's done been doing some of that uh for for a few years she's she's talked about it I guess like publicly um yeah that she has like uh what's it called early or early onset ovarian failure or something like that yeah premature ovarian failure so it's like um she's been doing and well do you mind can I ask you this right now how did it how did it affect you doing like starting or when you're using testosterone you're using testosterone cream sometimes right maybe i'll bring ali's gonna join us for a moment <laughs> we're, gonna, yeah. we're gonna get an extra do you mind yeah no no um hi um as a cis het lady speak into this close yeah Okay, so hey, what's up? It's Allie. Um, so yeah, I went through um, primary ovarian failure or premature ovarian failure, which is like essentially life is just like surprise, menopause, 15 years early. And so I had all these hormonal issues that I didn't understand. I thought it was stress related. I went to a bunch of doctors and they all said that I was working too hard. I was traveling too much. Um, don't worry about it. Relax. And it turned out that I was going through like perimenopause at in my early 30s. So I had no idea until it was way too late and um and my hormones were totally jacked. And so I went on estrogen patches to replace it and then but I had a hell of a time figuring out the hormone replacement therapy because you also need um as a lady you need uh, estrogen, you need progesterone to balance that and I was taking stuff that was not the right stuff or dose for me, and the progesterone made me, like, so depressed, like, suicidal ideation, depressed, like, fucked up, where I didn't understand that that was – it was progesterone-related. And so um, it took a while, and then I finally went to a really great doctor here in L.A. who was like, I'm also going to test your testosterone. Has anyone done that? And I was like, no. And she was like, well, that also matters because your ovaries are – stop making that, too. So um, she put me on – some cream. So I'm on tea, yo. And <laughs> Jared's like, can I have some? And I was like, I think I'm, sp- I don't think there's enough for you, but it's, um, 45, um, milligrams. It's no, it's 10, uh, milligram daily cream. And, um, my only issue with it is that I'm not consistent enough with it because I, I want to put it on right after I shower. And sometimes I'm just like, oh, shit, I forgot. Or I'm like, oh, no, I didn't shower today. Do you mind, like, how does it feel different when you're, using it when i'm using it i started to notice that um 
yeah, I definitely was hornier, which was great. I was like, oh, hello. If you've ever been on, um, if you've ever taken birth control and you're like, oh, great, I took this thing so that I could, I could fuck more. And now I've, I forgot how to fuck. Um, that is, I, I don't know why that is so cruel, but I feel like birth control kind of kills your, can kill your libido, which sucks. Um, but yeah, I definitely felt hornier and, um, a little happier and a little more energetic. And that is how my, um, my, my uh, gynecologist was like, yeah, that it can affect um, your mental health and just like your get up and go. And I was like, oh. Yeah, which, do, I mean, I'll, did she go out yet? No. Oh, she's freaking out. She's like, please, let's go outside. I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Gami's here too. That's Gami, funny. do you have any thoughts? I hope that helps. If anyone, um, hi guys. If anyone is going through any kind of, um, like any kind of ovarian issues, like ask your doctors to check all of your hormones um and really do not be like understand how much hormones can affect your your mood i know that um you know anyone with like uh with pms can tell you that that it can be pretty rough but if you're going through primary and or primary ovarian failure it's like the worst pms you've ever had for like two years um and then uh and also you if you don't know that it's happening it just seems like mood swings are really random and you don't realize that like you're going through these major waves of hormones that are nuts anyway hope that helps babe thank you for doing that of course no. that's fun i should have you come do stuff more for i'm jacking that cream <laughs> give me that cream anyway that so there you go I think that's I I I am interested also our <laughs> friend in the chat personally yes testosterone definitely makes you hornier. I'm always interested cuz I remember hearing a long time ago so I don't know it was probably like who knows. But I remember hearing somebody who was talking about transitioning on like some NPR show or something like that and like basically that they felt they were experiencing like male horniness that you know for the first time or something like and they're like oh <laughs> you know quote unquote like the t- the typical kind and i always like appreciated what that that radio thing said but i'd like to like redo that i'd like to interview a bunch of people who've transitioned uh both directions just to kind of be like hey now do, did you experience any like quote unquote like men are like this women are like this changes uh you know about that and shit so i would yeah i think it's that would be an interesting project you know yeah maybe i won't i won't again i'm trying to keep it anonymous but uh you know maybe my my friend in the chat like will maybe we could do another interview or something or an interview yeah maybe we could do something that'd be cool uh but i'd like to explore that more because it's just something that i don't know gender is such a strange thing I think to me it always links into like the difference between I don't know what I experience as my sense of uh, look okay I'm, how do I get this thought out I my horny universe thing <laughs> my belief that like which is becoming like that we live in the horny universe it's the horniest possible expression of reality I, I really think is like I, my joke about that but also my honest philosophy is that like to me the struggle of being a person is this weird is like the injection of divinity which you know a more scientific notion could be consciousness I guess into these animal bodies and like the interaction between those things like what is what are the, the de- demands and instincts and feelings of the flesh whether they're fear or lust or anger or hunger or whatever um, and how does that interact with or just simple patterning of like how your electrical and nervous systems like pattern and learn habits and blah, blah. Just being hungry, any like bodily urge interacting yeah. with our highfalutin consciousness is just hilarious and stupid. Yeah. Hilarious and stupid. Exactly. Like it, just um, it's fine, th- realizing like how it, like one thing I always think is like, all right, if I have to pee real bad, you get more short and mean. <laughs> You know, you're like, please just stop. I need to, can we talk about this later? You know? And it's so funny to think like literally just because one of your like uh, release valves needs to be cranked, you know, that you turn into a different person, like a ruder. Like imagine Einstein on the verge of producing the theory of relativity and he has to like run from the chalkboard to take a shit. It's just so dumb, you know? It's so like, dumb. Yeah. And so I'm like, if you know immediately that that affects what kind of person you are you're gonna tell me like you have just choice over all the chemicals in your brain and all the things that happen you know so anyway that being said i i uh 
I whenever we get into discussions of like gender and like what gender is whatever obviously so much of it is social construct but there has to, there's some aspect too that's acknowledged by like no I want to take these quote unquote male or female hormones to feel more male or female that there are some patterned things from like whatever natural whatever that affects the expression of what male or female is considered or what the feeling of maleness or femaleness is and I'm always just so interested in that because there's like a spiritual or a thematic notion as well, like yin yang, what's male, what's female, what, you know what I mean? Cause we also misgender so many things, like not misgender, but like we lend gender to things that don't have gender, I believe, you know, like, uh, strength or, or like, uh, beauty. Like these, these notions are gender, should be considered neutral, but like we often, uh, so it's like this really interesting thing. And I always want to, I always want to talk more. Yes, of course, more than one trans person. That's what I'm saying is like interview a bunch of different trans people about like what what changed, what was different. Just sort of like, I don't know. It would all be anecdotal because like you said, you know, it, it there has been no good test. There's no good, deep, extensive population test that's done, right? Like study, not test, but. I mean, it would be just imagine how difficult it would be to do that. Study. I mean, it would be such an expensive study, and it requires so many moving parts. It should, you know, well, should do it, but but right. But it's just like well, it's yeah, and culture Sorry. and politics have to catch up, right? To like get that kind of. It's just like a lot, but it's very I interesting. Mean, imagine fucking tr- the Trump <laughs> Trump machine giving NIH twenty million dollars to do that study. Like, give me a fucking break, you know? Yeah. Um. What was I going to say? So, um, yeah, so that we, was all. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, this is also just how stupid it is to have like our entire national priorities hijacked every four years. Like we, a team that I was a part of was doing the first like, big army LGBTQ study. Like it's a study of like a social, a social study of you know, attitudes and experiences of LGBTQ service members. And then Trump got in and like reversed the decision that allowed them to serve openly. So we're like in the middle of the study and now they're not funding those studies anymore. And you know, everybody's got freaked out and it was just so dumb. So dumb. So dumb. The the every four years thing is so dumb. I've been watching the show. Have you watched? This is a weird leap. Well, here's my little thought process. I said, I thought that's so dumb. And then I thought that's why China is cool because they're communists and they can plan a hundred years in advance. And then I was like, communism is cool. And then I was thinking about this show that I've been watching, The Great, which is like my favorite. It's the guy who wrote The Favorite, wrote the show about Catherine the Great. Uh, It's fucking fantastic i feel like it's so funny and weird and dark and good and uh and you're watching it you're like oh that's why communism happened there (laughs) you know like the way that the way the aristocracy acted was just that's why amazing anyway yeah i mean i also got marks but uh well i guess well that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying but you you realize like why that would that sort of sentiment could rise in a place like you know what i mean you have to totally know surfs in such a way that you're like yeah there's some there's some phrase i've heard that i've heard a uh assigned to various groups and nationalities or whatever where they like americans and things where they're there it's like they're just like everyone else only more so um (laughs) and i really like it and i always think and to me that's like what russians feel like when you watch like like russian literature and history and and it's like it just feels like normal people just like more more like a little bit more passion a little bit more crazy a little bit more like lust a little bit more like philosophical integrity of like we're gonna do this for these ideas just a lot more willingness to die and kill for things (laughs) i don't know weird Uh, sorry that's a total side note um back to i want to a few more questions i I was going to say in terms of raising your testosterone, endogenous is the stuff that your body actually pro- produces, right? Yeah. Um, I was going to say some things that seem to work definitely, and and maybe you can confirm or deny if you know any of like if this stuff is bullshit or not. One, uh, you already said it, so I'm just going to say it again: is uh, exercise, in particular, of your large muscle groups and compound muscle groups, like your legs, your hamstrings, your quads, bent, you know, big compound movements explosive strength efforts yeah he squats hill runs sprints stuff like that yeah that will 
make your body make more testosterone. Yeah. And sleep. Uh, sleep is really fucking important. I mean, if oh, you're not sleeping a good amount of time, you are just not going to be producing those endogenous, to, um, endogenous testosterone. That is interesting. Uh, I've okay. So then, other things I've eaten or that they say you can eat, to, like ingest to increase testosterone, uh, is actually is like fatty grass fed beef. Uh, apparently, that I mean that would. Make- yeah, I think uh, yeah, the ones that I'm, I like have uh, read most about, like repeatedly, are the large muscle group exercise and sleep. Then you know, like not smoking cigarettes, not drinking too much, not doing all that shit that disrupts your normal functioning. Well, th- this might be just like life hack bullshit that's like not real or whatever. But I've I've read Brazil nuts because they have selenium. And selenium, I guess, is something. And then uh, beef, like, and then what's the other one? Uh, pine pollen. Do you know about pine pollen? Acai, special acai bowl. Acai, yeah, of course, acai and Jesus. No, but do you know about pine pollen? Apparently, pine pollen is like, this is, I think, very interesting. I've read about pine pollen at various times. And that pine pollen apparently has like a chemical structure of very similar to uh very very similar to what do you call it testosterone (laughs) sorry my brain is bad and uh one of the thoughts about where the and so if you ingest pine pollen basically that it like can sort of mimic it can like you know, the way certain things like just fit receptors similarly or something, I guess it can like mimic actual uh, exogenous testosterone. And uh, I'm just they, reading a little bit. It seems like it's pretty under-researched, although there sure. are these anecdotal reports. Um, although it appears that the testosterone content of pine pollen appears too low to cause appreciable effects in the human body, but no. Okay. Hey, I would always talk to your doctor, like, yeah. and talk to an endocrinologist, you know, because your your primary care doc is probably not going to be set up on the effects of pine pollen on testosterone. Yeah, you know? which as a side note, though, the pine pollen thing is kind of fun uh, because if it does, I mean, that was they were like that might be part of the reason the notion of uh, the lumberjack as a manly figure isn't just the fact that they are men alone in the woods doing big compound movements like sawing and uh, you know carrying big logs but also are ingesting pine pollen all day long like inhaling it from the pine trees and that's why yeah. like they get these big burly beards and that's like where the idea of a, a lumberjack is born amazing um wait hold on hold on hold on uh yes oh the other thing about it though that I always think is oh uh Okay, same question. Someone asked, like, uh, do you know if this is all for cis men or for trans men as well? As far as I know, these things work just in bodies, like these me- these mechanisms, at least the sleep and the heavy lifting and stuff like that. Well, I mean, yeah. I, again, I think you, gotta, you really got to talk to your endocrinologist. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, because I always think, I always think, like, my understanding is the things I just said – about like lifting and sleep or uh, maybe these other things will again i'm i'm jared right i'm not a fucking doctor i'm nothing okay i've done like a lot of like layman research but whatever here's my bro science understanding is that this stuff and this is what i would tell people when i would train them and things like that too because it's like that this stuff will yes raise testosterone and everybody blah, blah 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 but then you'd get people who come to you who like wanted who like were interested in lifting weights or whatever and are like i don't want to get bulky <laughs> <laughs> like especially if they were uh cis women and they'd be like i don't want to get bulky and you'd be like if you could get bulky from doing this you would be so fucking lucky like you would have the most one in a million billion hormone profile and like growth hormone like you, to explain to people what is required to get bulky much less on uh a cis female's hormone like generally you know obviously everybody's got a separate thing check your the endocrinologist check your numbers whatever but like what do you got by accident let's put it that way 
No one got jacked by accident. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. I've I met a few people in my life who are like, I don't, who do feel that way. Usually they're like CrossFit coaches. I've got athletes who are like, I just start doing a couple squats and I'm like, Pfft. I joke with Allie about it, actually. It's like really unfair. She did the 23andMe thing uh, a while ago. And one of the, one of the markers I make, I just always cite. And, you know, cause who knows? They're all markers. They're all like, you could or could not express this gene is, uh, it's, it's called elite athlete genetics. And I'm like, oh, that, this fucking explains everything. This is so fucking unfair because like she's like she's like yeah whenever i want to just like make my legs and butt more muscular i just go i just to go on some hikes i go walk up some hills and i'm like you walk up some hills and i'm like this explains a lot she's like i'll just start running again and i'll i'll talk and i'm like running doesn't do that but it does for her because when her she used to like run it would be like 12 miles at a stretch like just yeah i would just do tw- i would do 12 miles i just run the reservoir like six times and i was like uh- what the fuck? I was like, okay, well, fine. Elite athlete genetics, fine. Yeah, you never mind all the fucking shit I've read a million times to be like, how do I get my body to grow? How do I get up more muscle? How do I do it? And just trying to optimize. Some people yeah. are just like, yeah, walk up a hill. That's fucking true. Hill. I mean, Ugh. it is it's true. Like, what was that football player who went over to MMA and was like completely yoked in his 40s? It was, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Um, Herschel Walker? Yeah, I think Herschel Walker. Yeah, he was like, no. Okay, so here's a, this article. Uh, and, and it's a small N23 trans men. So, you know, but basically, they, these, these trans men, um, uh, before hormone treatment, they had similar bone and body composition to control group women. And then after testosterone treatment, they gained... Uh, 10 Jesus, 10% muscle mass and 9% fat loss. Really oh, significant. In what time period? Uh, one year of treatment. A year? That's insane body recomp. A yeah. year you gain 10% muscle mass and lose 9% body fat? I'm guessing none of them were like highly trained. Sure, um, sure. You, you, when you're new, you get like much yeah. crazier shit, but still. <laughs> Were observed in the control group. Okay, short-term testosterone treatment in trans men increased muscle mass and bone turnover. That may reflect an anabolic effect of testosterone treatment rather than bone loss. Yeah, crazy. That's so. I mean, I, hopefully that answers some of that question. I guess. Um, but anyway, very interesting. I, I, th- th- wow, we really talked about hormone stuff mo- most of this episode with the yeah, I mean, I, I communism. So just, just- takeaway you've got to find a good physician who has doesn't have a financial incentive in selling you a hormone and who's interested in you preserving your health and develop a good relationship with them yeah i would do that's the other that's the other aspect is finding a good one because i know that when i was uh doing more physical therapy and like chiropractics at this like office for athletes you know for like all these people who well a lot of people there were like athlete type people like MMA guys and stuff like that. So you're getting adjusted yeah. and you're getting crunched and you're doing, you know, physical therapy and blah, blah. Like I literally saw what's his name. Who's the actor from 300, the Spartan guy. Sure. Yeah. Drop out. I saw him there. I saw him there one day. Like I was like, Oh, all right. This makes me feel good. I'm <laughs> sure. I, yeah. so I was, like, I was popular. Like, people may not like this, but okay. You go to like a chiropractor to be healed. That yeah. can be helpful. Yeah. But the explanation in the chiropractic literature about how their methods work is yeah. unsupported by any evidence whatsoever. In so, terms of what, like, like innervations and things. Of why you are in pain is due to something called a subluxation, which right. is doesn't doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a subluxation. If you. If you are enjoying benefits of a chiropractor, and I have before, and keep going and enjoy yeah. those benefits, but just be wary about their explanations for things because sure. they may or may not be based in any evidence. Well, my point, which is very much piggybacks on that, was that also in this office was they had a doctor who did hormone replacement therapy. And they were like, if you'd like, we'll test your hormone levels. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'd love that. And what do you know? I was was a little low. (laughs) You're a little low. And we can get you started if you want. Blah, blah, blah. blah. You know what I mean? Uh, Men's testosterone peaks like in early to mid morning. So if they're doing draws, it needs to be early to mid morning. 
if if it's going to be legitimate, you know. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. It was just so. I was just like, yeah, I have a feeling that everybody who takes your test is maybe a little low, at least. You know what I mean? So yeah, finding somebody who you actually can trust is seems like part of it too. I don't know. You I know, think, I think, when I decide to do this shit, I'll report back. Yeah, thank you. That that'd be fun. Let me know. We'll do a cycle of tea together, and we'll just like see what happens. <laughs> my biggest concern is just that one of like your body doesn't make it at all anymore and you're like ah, i'd like to i don't know I'm, I'm already so nervous about like even just starting psychiatric stuff and being like do i have to take antidepressants forever do i have to take adderall forever uh and just be like, fucking forever you know like yeah what yeah. if something goes wrong and supplies are disrupted and you can't you know like I, that's the shit that freaks me out too. i know or i want to like i feel I gotta, like now I fly trt like what yeah exactly the trt stuff for some reason, because it's more like biological, whatever. I'm like, I mean, it's not more. I, I don't know why I'm saying it like that. But like, I, that freaks me out more. I think because I'm like, if I'm in a situation where society's disrupted and I don't have my antidepressants or Adderall anymore, I'll, it'll help me. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'll be, uh, it's fine. Society won't exist anymore. I don't need to function in society anymore. Now I need to be a maniac and that'll be helpful. That's what I tell myself. Probably <laughs> true. Anyway, um, well, that was pretty good. I think we're good uh, for today. I I don't know if there are any more. Um, no, that's true. That's true. Like someone goes, I'm going to have to take tea for the rest of my life. And I guess that's just fine the way it is. It is. That's what I'm saying. It's just like everybody's different. I'm saying if I'm in it. But it's like to me, it's the difference between like if you had diabetes and you find out you're going to have to take insulin your whole life. Okay, fine. Of course. I have to take antidepressants my whole life. Oh, fine. I'm going to, I'll have to do that. But if I am in a situation where I'm like, I want, like, literally, insulin's actually a funny example. Some fucking bodybuilders start injecting themselves with insulin because it helps you, like, get carbs and protein into your muscles better, you know? So, like, they basically give themselves diabetes. <laughs> and I'm like, I just don't want to do that. I just don't want to, like, destroy my body's ability to produce it if I already had. I don't want to take it for granted. You know what I'm saying? This is not an abstract judgment about whether it's quote unquote good or bad to do it. It's it's nothing to do with that. It's your evaluation of the risks and benefits for yourself. Right. That's all it is. Right. Exactly. I, were, exactly. I mean, I can't possibly put myself in this mental space, but if I were you know, transitioning to be a man, and that was part of making me feel like myself, I would fucking right. do it. Of course. 100%. You know? Yes. Risk benefit would be completely different from the framework that I currently inhabit. You know, right. so exactly. I, I think it's very important to get away from abstract, unexamined notions of good or bad. I don't even yes. know what the fuck that means. Yes. It's just looking at the risks and benefits for yourself and making sure you're informed about those risks and benefits and being responsible, talking to a fucking professional who is immersed in this literature, does it for a living, and has seen hundreds of patients. Like, that's what you should do. Yes. I totally agree, and this is like a subject for another day, but one thing I think about, just like we gender things that don't need to be gendered, the insertion of morality into things totally unrelated to morality is, like, to me, like the foundational issue in most of society and politics and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, that's, like, nutrition and exercise is a great example of that, of, like, good and bad. Is like this, like, that there's, some food is good and some food is bad, and this exercise is good and exercise is bad, and if you, and these habits are good and these ones are bad. It's so insane. Instead of just, like, a more... Uh, I guess technical, mechanical look at things about like these things have these effects on these bodies, you know, and and that everyone's yeah. gonna be different and trying to figure out how those mechanics work, and it's just inputs and outputs. It's not like good or bad. Look, I, I just think you know it makes sense to understand that the mind is always seeking shortcuts to preserve efficiency, and the biggest and most reductive shortcut we have is good or bad, and as a result, it's almost never an accurate description. Completely. Uh, well, yeah. All right. I think um, that's this is good. We'll be done for today. Um, Doctor Nick, thank you. I'm I'm literally. I was yeah. doing it before. It took. Okay. Here's part of the thing. I had like this drive die that had a lot of the old good bad brain stuff. It was just like very scary and annoying. So I finally got the drive back. I got it repaired. Cost the money. It sucked. Uh, I'm gonna drop like five fucking episodes of good bad brain onto the internet today. 
So some of y'all have been here for these streams, so you won't have missed anything anyway. But um, yeah, we'll get this bad boy rolling again. And uh, thank you for being here. This is a fun episode. This is really interesting. We basically just talked about hormones the whole time, which is kind of neat. Well, male ones, at least testosterone ones. Um, I'd love, we should, we can talk more about this stuff in the future. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, do you have anything else you'd, you'd like to add or would you like to direct anybody towards this week or anything like that? Um, no, I mean, again, it's, it's not my, I think it's not my field. So I was really kind of just reading through the literature on the fly. Oh, that's, that's what it was. I knew I had one thing in my head. The last question I'll, I'll just add, which is related exactly to what you just said. Some, some, uh, as not related to mental health, but how do I get good at reading scientific articles and keeping up with the literature? Do you have any, cause you're like picking them up real quick. You said Google scholar was one. You know what? We should do an episode on this because I just think scientific literacy is so important. Okay. Here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. First of all, um, if you if you uh, went to like a university, you probably get free access to your university's library on uh, Google Scholar. And if you didn't, one of your friends for sure did. So Google Scholar is a great resource, um, and it's very it's very easy to access and get free articles. You can all the abstracts are free anyway. I wouldn't base conclusions on abstracts, but you can at least read the you know, literature review methods, results, and conclusions. Cool. Uh, it's a good idea to have like a basic understanding of inferential statistics. So I would just watch a video. Like if you don't haven't done this, just watch a video on the normal distribution, like the statistics used to describe a distribution, which is like the mean, median, mode, and standard deviation, um, and maybe like a basic kind of regression video. But just don't be freaked out by this stuff. It's not hard. Like yeah. I was terrible at math and then like now I love statistics. So, okay, well, fine. There's... Let's just, let's literally do this. Let's literally do this next, uh, let, that'll be next week's thing. You'll just do a, let's just do a literacy journal article I think is great. And the, just the last thing I would say, cause I recently had a fun Twitter fight about this. People are like, Oh, so, you know, People who don't understand science say things like, oh, well, th- this is the science is unproven or the science is bullshit because it said this and now it says this. That's not what science is. Science is the slow, gradual process of chipping away at uncertainty. So very rarely is there like a flash of insight that proves something 100 percent. It's more disproving things that are not the case. That's really what we're yeah, about. That's interesting. Disproving things that are not the case so that little by little you chip away at all the excess material and you're left with like better and better hypotheses. That's why it's perfectly normal and good for there to be kind of conclusions that appear to be in contradiction as the science gets better, you know? Yeah. Uh, so we can talk about that and how to read a journal article, but I think it's an incredibly valuable skill. Um, yeah. I'm happy to talk more about it. Okay. Oh, I'm putting you on the spot again. Are you available at noon today? I can do, you want to do a little meditation thing? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. We can do it on zoom yeah. too. You don't even have to get on Instagram. We're doing it on Zoom oh. sometimes. So today we'll do a Zoom. If anybody's around who's on the stream right now, we'll do for our QC time, Self Care Sunday. Dr. Nick will join us finally. I Yeah, Shanghai him into it. And we're going to um, do that. We'll, you'll do like a progressive muscle relaxation thing, right? Yeah, we can do that for sure. We can All do right. whatever we want. Whatever. That's a good do progressive muscle relaxation. Okay, and I'll put the I'll put the link in uh, the Instagram and stuff, and I'll announce it on the Instagram. But we'll do it on Zoom just to so we can see each other, and Doctor Nick doesn't have to get back on Instagram, another shithole social media platform. <laughs> all right, thank you guys. Uh, see you all. Uh, well, I'll see a bunch of you at noon, and the rest of you I'll go throughout the week. Quarantine, calisthenics, and whatever. Be well. Self care. Hydrate. Bye. Thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, My Good Bed Brain is a production of MindJam Media, my little media company. Thanks to uh, Coda for making this theme song with me. And uh, that's it. MyGoodBedBrain.com. Patreon.com slash MyGoodBedBrain. You're the best. Have a good one. Self-care. Hydrate. Be well.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.